Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone. This is In-Depth, and I'm Elaine Ayala, your host for this show. Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, celebrations have grown steadily in San Antonio, especially over the last decade. So much so that San Antonio is now seen as a travel destination during those days surrounding November 2nd and 1st, when those holidays are primarily recognized. There's lots to celebrate about that growth and a lot to think about as this old town embarks on several weeks and weekends of remembering their loved ones and celebrating this rich tradition. Our guest today is the remarkable Ellen Riojas Clark, Professor Emerita at the University of Texas at San Antonio. She has been an integral part of UTSA since it opened in 1973. That was a very good year, 1973. Recently, UTSA's College of Education and Human Development endowed a chair in bicultural bilingual studies in her honor. It's the first chair established in honor of a Latina in academics in the United States. I feel we should click on and do some fake applause, you know, (laughs) as a soundtrack. Even if it's just me. She's also the recipient of three National Endowment for the Humanities grants and served as a cultural director for the PBS program Maya and Miguel. She has written several books, including Multicultural Literature for Latino Children, Don Moises Espino de Castillo y sus Calaveras, and the forthcoming still the forthcoming, Pan Dulce, a compendium of Mexican patriots. I can't wait to see that one. (laughs) Who's publishing that, Ellen? Trinity Press. Okay. 2023, next year. Okay. Um, Congratulations, Ellen, and welcome to In Depth. Thank you Um, so much. It's nice to see you here. We've not. We've got to do a lot of reflection on Dia de los Muertos today, um, as it's celebrated here and celebrated elsewhere. So my first question is really a very basic one, Ellen, and that's to tell us about the origins of Dia de los Muertos and how they've come to be passed down to all of us party goers and dresser uppers in San Antonio. Well, I, I think the history of it. It's most most interesting because there's been a long debate in Mexico among scholars regarding the beginnings or the where of the Dia de Muertos began. So there's what you can document. It's, it's related, yes, to Europe and to the medieval places, so forth. But it has a strong basis or framework with our indigenous history of the Americas. And that's the point of conflict. So people think, no, it's not based on an indigenous custom. But anthropologists have really looked at this and found out, of course, there's many, many, many similarities. And it makes sense. Makes sense, right, Elaine? That when people die, we don't forget them. And if we remember them for one or two years. So that's a long, long history of death and living. 
I remember being in grad school and reading some Aztec poetry, and the line that struck me deeply was, when you're alive, you're really dreaming, and when you die, it's when you wake up. <gasps> isn't that just... Oh my God, I just got chills. Isn't that amazing Yes. Line? And I think that is a line that brought me to looking into Dia de Muertos. And by the way, we say Dia de los Muertos, it's, it's accepted. It, that's a literal translation, but it's really Dia de Muertos. And um, it brought me into, what is this? I'm not Catholic, so we've never celebrated All Saints Day or, or All Souls Day, because that's a religious connection to Roman Catholicism, and of course, to the history of the across the ocean. And uh, among the indigenous groups coming to find out that they celebrated like six days during the year that where they celebrated people or death. I think that's amazing that they didn't forget this. And so among those dates was November the 6th. Of course, we celebrate El Dia Dos y El Dia Tres de Noviembre. But it's a very rich history. And for those of you who really want to explore it, I would get into really reading about the connections between it. So what does it mean now? Well, it goes down through history in Mexico. And then, I don't know if you remember, but at one time, um, there was this huge separation entre la iglesia y el gobierno en México. Big celebration. Secular and um, and all things religious. Exactly. And Even more so than U.S. Um, oh, government. Oh, yes. Separation of church and state were very vivid in Mexico. It went underground. You saw no one dressed in habits and so forth. And then, just like the United States, anytime there's a change in, in government, somebody comes in to do something a little different. And that's what happened that who knows who, Cardenas uh, or, or, or what president kind of brought it back. But I think the major figure that I gave voice or sight to it was Jose Posada. You've heard of Jose Posada. Of course. course. Tell us about him and why he's remembered uh, and his work is remembered during these days too. Because he's the first one that drew it. He drew it. And did he have political intentions behind it? I think so. I think he was making a comment because he dressed up like Katrina, Calavera like a Katrina. In other words, he was wearing gloves, a Mm -hmm. hat. Black and white. Black and white. And and, and face and, and face um makeup, paint. Uh-huh. Yes. And dresses. So that was his comment, I think, about the Europeans. And then the other was pulling everything off that human body, Yera el esqueleto que quedaba. We're there. We're all the same, Elaine. We're all the same when you get down to the bones. When you get down to the bones. Now Taller bones than me and you. <laughs> but yes, we're all the same. We have yes. this very same skeletal, skeletal, skeletal. skeletal uh, makeup of bones. So I thought it was amazing that everybody that Posada then drew were skeletons, but dressed up. Yes. And he dressed them in many forms, like the Europeans, but also dressed them just like, like, you know, laborers, everyday people everyday in Mexico. Everyday people. 
la gente haciendo comida. Músicos, mariachis, uh, bodas. Uh, it's remarkable how um, that um, visualization of muertos became popularized in everything. And now, of course, if you look at my um, my necklace, it has a skull, um, the decorative yes. skull, my earrings. It has become part and parcel of our celebration right. and embraced by people who have no idea of the history. And that's in part why we're talking, because there's a lot of... Um, moving parts to yes. Dia de Muertos. And thank you for correcting us, even though it's going to take a while before yeah. um, Chicanos and the rest of uh, America uh, refers to um, Day of the Dead as Dia de Muertos because right. um, it's more correct. Well, it's accepted. Language yes. is alive, so it doesn't yes, matter. It keeps, yeah. it keeps changing. Yeah. So um, there's so many characteristics of... Um, a day of the Dead, from the building of an altar, remembering our lost, our our loved ones who come back to visit us because we place special things of remembrance on that altar. There's everything from the Catholic um, um, remembrances at masses that many Catholics and some non-Catholics also embrace, to the um, What has happened now in San Antonio that we have Calaveras Donde Quiera, we have a, a river parade uh, dedicated to Day of the Dead. We have, geez, Los Lobos are coming into town for wonderful? a concert. Um, and, and okay, who opens for them? Flaco Jimenez Jr. I mean, you cannot get more Chicano royalty. By the way, I wanted to tell viewers, too, I'm sitting across Chicano royalty today. And I want to make that clear that we have so, we are blessed in San Antonio with so many major figures in so many fields, uh, in academia, in business, in uh, leadership, music, yeah. in music, that um, that's what makes us so rich. And I think that's why San Antonio is, has become a destination for Dia de Muertos. So uh, try to um, talk about all the different moving parts from the 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 um the wonderful poems that come out of Day of the Dead um uh, Esperanza Peace and Justice yes. Center is a major figure there um to the uh, wearing of calaveras to the uh, beautiful figures that come out of Mexico City and brought here for this parade um all of those different the altares that are My, well, there my are favorite. many different different moving parts, but I think if we look beyond just what's really visible in our community and go down to the basic part of our cemeteries, just like in Mexico, you go to the cemetery here in San Antonio, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, you, they're all over the country. The people that first generation recent arrivals maybe even second generation, they go to the cemeteries to place flowers on the graves of their departed ones. I hate to say that I've never been to the cemetery to visit where my mom and my dad and my grandparents are. I never have done that. It was not part of your my cult, custom. Your custom, But your now, religious, your faith custom. Well, even just the dead custom. Okay. <laughs> that that um to go visit. Uh and and what you see to me is the real thing, you know, down on, on um Couples Road, is you see people cleaning the graves, 
putting flowers on them and spending the day there yes. and telling stories. So that's the basic framework to telling the stories about who has departed. And in those telling the stories, Elaine, they're remembering all the names. Yes. And another Aztec thing that I remember too is that they would say, as long as you can say the name of a person or a concept, it has not died. Oh, yes. Has not died. How beautiful. So we really want to do that. And so what has come to mean then is that people drawing down couples saw the beautiful things that were being built and the outdoor altares that as a very artistic and culturally rich city, we have moved it out into the public space. So now in the public space, we are teaching people about our, the rituals, the cultural rituals, the religious rituals that make the identity of San Antonio what it is. Because Elaine, San Antonio is Mexican-American. There's no other thing than Mexican-American. Are we multicultural? To a little point, but we're heavily Mexican-American. Mexican that is a culture that permeates because it's our history and it is it's all, it's, all our it's, missions. It's in the it's land. It's underneath it, the land. In in those exactly. Um, in, it's and um, okay. I live in on the west side, and I live right near San Fernando Number Two, on at the corner of Castorville and um, Couples Road. And um, I grew up uh, in my family. We always visited our graves um, at this time. We also visited multiple multiple times a year because if it was somebody's birthday, birthday or the anniversary of their yeah, death yeah. or something, or, or it was somebody else's anniversary, so we made the rounds and everybody got flowers. <laughs> so everybody got flowers several times a year, and um, the beautiful um, marigold flowers yeah, would be would be the smell is so distinct and it permeates the whole neighborhood. Correct. And when you drive by, it's almost like, what's uh, if, if you don't know, it's what like is happening? Is there a festival going on because of all the flowers? And, and I have seen the very elaborate display for Dia de Muertos. And I've seen the simple, so touching. Tin can. Tin can of with beer. The, with a <laughs> no, the tin can with the flowers. Right. And also this brings us back then to what are the altares? What are the ofrendas? And that does have an indigenous background. Mm -hmm. um, the flower is an indigenous uh, flower. Yes, but the whole makeup of an altar, because it has a rhythm to it. It has to have so many stages mm -hmm. on it. Levels. Yeah, different levels. And those do come from our indigenous background. Mm -hmm. So to create altares, usually they're at home and you just do them on a, on, on a dresser top or you do an elaborate one. And I think to me, that is the most beautiful thing yes, that I has agree. happened as a result of this coming out into public mm -hmm. space that has come out in a public space and it's gone back into the private space of as the home. well because mm -hmm. just about everybody i know monta un altar in their home and puts up the flowers which are the some truly the marigolds because the smell is so strong and it said it smells like death and it's also to guide the, the, the spirits in. back so what is an altar for it is to honor the people that passed on, but it's also to welcome them back that night on uh, two days that you can 
live with them. So how do you bring them back? Un vaso de agua? They've some had a salt. long journey yep. and they need to be some, refreshed. Some salt. And then and then you have, of course, la comida, their favorite foods. Tamales is a very, very a popular thing to have. But you have mole enchiladas, what, a hamburger, whatever. Pan dulce. Yeah, pan dulce. <laughs> whatever it is that you do. And, you know, you mentioned the book that I'm writing on pan dulce. And there is a pan that I found the name for, but please don't ask me the name because I can't pronounce it. It's in, in the waddle that was made way back when and has been revived to now. It's a bread that's kind of purple in color. Mm. And the indigenous groups used to put it on the altars. So now we're going to bring that to light so that we can put it on the altar along with the salt, along with the water, the candles, the pathway to guide guide them in. And I think, the, again, I keep saying the most important part, but I think the real part for families and for a city is to remember our forefathers and mothers who went on before us and to say the names of everybody. So to go around the group, the f and so the little ones can pick up, what's your grandmother's name, your great-grandmother's name, do you remember this is a new one, et cetera, your tío this, and your tía that. Yes. Whether you do it in English, Chinese, or whatever language. And most cultural groups honor their dead. But we honor them in a different way, in a festive way, because we dress up our skeletons like they're going to a gala, mm -hmm. and we put mariachi hats on them, we bring music. So it's a very lively way to, I think, bring it to life. And I think that's what the movies have done. You know, the movies like Coco have done that beautiful. so beautifully. They're so beautifully. Do that. And I agree that, um, that that altar, an altar, is the most intimate form oh, yeah. of day, of recognizing Day of the Dead. And uh, so much so that now you can go into any H-E-B to um, any, so many stores, and you can find items that reflect that um, culture and that holiday. And it's been beautiful to see. But at the same time, uh, I wonder if you'll talk about maybe, I don't know if we call these do's and don'ts or what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, that um, that um, have caught your attention and that you hope people um, will follow and respect. Well, I think um, the major thing is just is to celebrate it and to celebrate it with knowledge. So that's our duty to read about it and to learn how to montar an altar in a respectful way. Because remember, we're not making fun. We are respecting the people that went on be, be, beyond us. So we have to respect who they were without knowing who they were, because sometimes it could be multiple generations. But I think that if the stories we tell are, are the stories as true as we can remember. It's great. If you uh, do it with making poking fun, that is not respect. That's being disrespectful mm -hmm. of whoever. And... So mainly that's probably the biggest don't. Yeah. The other is that um, we, we buy pan de muertos, and yes, you can eat it. Because people say, can we eat it? Absolutely. <laughs> because good pan de muerto is, like Mrs. Bedoy says, is made con respeto y con amor. That's and right. And with a little bit of orange juice to make it right. And so what are the round things, the little round 
Original pan de muertos. What does it symbolize? Well, the four bones on the top. And do you know what the little knob is on top? No, I know the bo- about the bones on top. But the I bones don't, the, yeah. What is the knob? The member? little knob on the top is a brain. It's, it's the head. So people that know about that it's a head, well, can I pop it off and eat it? Yes, con respeto. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're ingesting. It's also so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Well, they just made one in an effigy for me. Um, oh, my God. Uh, yes, a big pan de muerto like this. And it does look like you. It has your and hair. It has big glasses, but my hair is not as big. But they, <laughs> they made it before. Uh, and, and the panadero says, everybody comes in and wants to order your, your uh-huh. pan. And, and I said, well, the don't there is... You don't make a pan de muertos for somebody who's alive. Uh, oh, so, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's very sweet. It's that sweet. intention is very but sweet. But it's okay. They make them in spurs. They make them. Uh, yes. You can order it the way you want now. It doesn't matter. But again, so that might be, you know, on the, on the edge. Yes, side. it's playful. And the other is you've seen the little sugar skulls, right? And so the little sugar skulls, you buy hundreds of those all over. Mm-hmm. You can put them up and they have a little foil band on the top yes. for people to write the name on. Aww. So who do you write it for? Somebody who's dead or somebody who's alive? You write it in, um, you write it for someone who is gone. Well, no? that's the only do you can do. If you love somebody, uh-huh. you can put your loved one's name on it, uh-huh. whether died or alive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you can you can flirt with it because you can give somebody. How about somebody I wish was already uh, well, gone? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can flirt with it. So I guess do's and don'ts, there's not many other than just be respectful for right. whoever. Um the parade is fabulous. It's beautiful. The parade parade is going to be fabulous. It's going to call attention to San Antonio. But what I really want people who watch the TV, a portion of the of the parade, learn the history. Yes. Because the other thing they've got to know that our Chamber of Commerce and our our, our visitors brewers needs to really promote is that the cultural identity of San Antonio, is Mexican-American. And we should be proud of that. Embrace it fully. Embrace it fully. It has deep roots into this land, like you said, deep roots all the way to the Americas. I mean, it's It's in our archaeology. Yeah. 20,000 years of Native American. And when I say Native American, what is the largest Native American group in the United States? It's Mexican American. Yep. So, so here that, we are. Here we are. So that's what I mean. San Antonio should promote itself in that way. Yes. So I think they you pick names for parades that are, you know, reflective of that. But I think Dia de Muertos is a great opportunity to share family stories, to learn family history, to laugh and to cry and to sing and to eat good tamales. You know, I mean, can you imagine that we are bringing the food out? That my my altar will have a lemon pie because that oh. was my dad's favorite one. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's. Can beautiful. I tell you a funny? Well, not a funny. 
Uh, my granddaughter's getting married in uh, St. Louis. Congratulations. This week. Thank wow. You this week. And she is Mexican American, Scottish, and she's marrying Gabe, who is Jewish. And she wants me to go montar an altar at the reception. How beautiful is that? For Have all you those ever that... seen an altar de muertos? Well, at let a me wedding, tell you at that. At a wedding reception? It wasn't quite the same, but when my goddaughter, Lenny, Elenita, got married. She was missing so many people that she had hoped one day would be there with us. Yeah. It was her grandmother. It was her padrino, my brother, and my mother, and other people who weren't able to be with us, perhaps only in spirit. So at a little table, it wasn't an altar, but she put all their pictures, pictures. out yeah. to show. But altar is, an altar at a wedding is a fabulous idea to include them. Well, you should see it because I'm taking it all in my suitcases. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm made it. It's going to be, it's going to be elegant, but it's going to be ex very, very respectful to the idea of all our family that's gone. So I think it's a neat, neat thing oh, to introduce St. Louis, Missouri to the altares that yeah. we But honor. you know, now that you mentioned St. Louis, one of the things I found out in doing several historical pieces over time is that St. Louis was very important to the Mexican and Mexican-American uh, community, the exiles and the citizens, because um, St. Louis was the very first place that a Mexican consulate was established. Right. right. Very fascinating to mm -hmm. me. Um, okay. Um, so many events. So many events, from art exhibits to the Esperanza's uh, written poems and reflections that also poke fun at those that are still with us that they imagine now gone. Um, there's a lot of things to know. And I wonder if we should just talk about a few more, like those poems that are written as if someone has already left us. What are those called? Those are called calaveras. So it's the same thing as a skeleton. And it's a custom that, of course, started when Posada in Mexico, that people then wrote these little limericks to go along with Posada's art pieces or lithographs and um, became a custom in Mexico to write, like, as you said, they're short little um puns, you know, uh, that rhymes and um, that take a notable figure and poke fun at them. And again, remember, it's poking fun at death, not in an evil way, but we just make fun of our, ourselves. And um, the custom then is all through Mexico. And we were fortunate in San Antonio, my book that took five years to do all the research on. Um, Go uh, is there's a man in Saltillo, Mexico, that comes. Uh, he's also Methodist. That is um, gay Methodist. Uh, Moises Espino del Castillo, <laughs> and um, goes. He grows up from a very literary family, and so they started writing the the the, uh, the calaveras. He comes to San Antonio, and I think it was the Express News or the light, I'm not sure now, 
one of the newspapers, y'all had a Mexican, and he was a Mexican a columnist here whose name just just went out of my head. What year are we talking about? We're Ellen? talking about 50s. Wow. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he would write about. Ellen, that's not 25 years ago. That's more than 50 years ago. More than 50 years ago. <laughs> but who's counting, Ellen? That's okay. Who's counting? <laughs> 50 years ago. You're right, because he wrote it for 25 years. And so um, this guy asked him, can you write any calaveras to celebrate the dia? This man wrote in Spanish in the newspaper. Wow. I'll give you the name. Yeah. Because I thought that was very unusual. But it, remember, it was a time when the um, the Munguias came. And so there was a lot of interest Which is the family here. of Henry Cisneros. Yeah. Uh-huh. In San Antonio about the Mexican culture. Yeah. Long story short, uh, Moises Espino del Castillo started writing these poetries. And just like in Mexico, he'd make these brochures and he'd st- sell um, a space, advertising space in the little magazine to pay for the magazine. And then, of course, he would write a calavera in honor of whoever owned it. So he made calaveras on, uh, 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 internationally, nationally, statewide, and then local in San Antonio. And he would pick living people, and really poke fun at them by making the calaveras, uh, writing the calaveras about them. And they were short. He developed his own little um, rhythm for them and um, and did it for 25 years, which I thought was marvelous uh, to have done a custom. Yes. Then Esperanza Peace and Justice picked it up and did it. But you don't write, like you said, you write about the living as if they were as dead. As if they were dead. And you were honoring them and you poke a little fun at them. So he um, would do it for me and, and mine because I, I would travel a lot. And he always would say that I'd come crashing down in, a, in an airplane. Oh, my God. That's so, um, well, um, we're coming to the end of this broadcast. And I want to thank you for joining us. I want to mention one very simple um altar that I saw many years ago, and it just hit me so deeply because it was so simple and a little bit of satire in it. So I was walking through the cemetery where so many of my loved ones are buried at San Fernando number two, and I walked by a stone, and it was a man who lived in San Antonio and died in the 50s or 60s, and some friend remembered him. And came by, and left him a beer. Oh, and uh, and it was it was Day of the Dead, and I thought he remembers his friend, or she remembers his friend, and remembered that he liked Lone Star beer, <laughs> and left him that as a remembrance. And uh, in 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 San Antonio, in parts of the United States, and definitely through Mexico, similar remembrances would be left. And I want you to just close with something that you remember uh, from in all your travel here in San Antonio, anything that, that stays in your mind as a as a poignant tribute to I, the um, dead. I remember having gone to Mexico a lot during Dia de Muertos, being in Oaxaca about right before the pandemic and going through all of the cemeteries. And at that time, my husband could travel and he was tired. He sat down 
at a bench in right in front of a grave. You know how they put those yes, yeah, so you can benches. sit there. Uh-huh. So we sat there, and um, the grave was kind of dirty, and some people were cleaning the graves around them. And a lady comes up and she said. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. We haven't seen anybody from this family in oh, so my. long. Ay, que bueno que están aquí. And can we help you clean the grave? And I was heartbroken to tell them we were just resting. But I thought how beautiful that they yes. looked for each other to come yes. and celebrate. So we ended up cleaning the grave of somebody that I have oh. no idea who it was. And we sat there and had... Not a Lone Star beer, but I had a limonada <laughs> and un taco, listening to the mariachis. Wow. And it was just as beautiful. That's even yeah. more poignant. Thank you so much, Ellen. This Quite is. Welcome. I hope everybody finds a way to remember their loved ones on Day of the Dead on other days because they are still with us. Yeah. Oh, that was nice.